Welcome. I'm Sebastian Mafud, and you're listening to WCAT Radio, the on-air wing of En Route Books and Media, bringing you the dulcet sounds of Catholic wisdom. This is an encore presentation of Faith and Sports. Tune in to hear Faith and Sport live Monday afternoons from 2 to 3 right here on Carolina Catholic Radio Charlotte, AM 1270. You are listening to 1270 AM Carolina Catholic Radio Charlotte. Also, we're streaming live at carolinacatholicradio.org and on the Carolina Catholic Radio app. And it's that time again, your favorite time of the week, Faith and Sport Time. It's Faith and Sport Live coming to you on Carolina Catholic Radio. I'm your co-host and producer, Chris, and as always, your host for each show that we do, Dr. John Aquaviva. And today... We have a special guest. He's usually our special guest host. Today he's calling in via phone line, Mr. Ed Billick. Hey, folks, you can sit down. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Folks, welcome to the show. However, wherever you are joining us from, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to have our hit or miss with Ed here in a minute. Uh, We have our weekend headlines. Our guest is Father Conrad Murphy. In fact, you might remember him. He joined us. He's our marathoning priest. He runs marathons. He runs long-distance races. But he's going to join us. I want to hear from him on, in particular, how is a priest dealing with this uh, pandemic? In fact, I told him, he says, why do you want me to be on the show? I was just on two months ago to talk about marathon training. And I said, (laughs) no, I mean this. And I said, you know, I've been listening to Carolina Catholic Radio on a regular basis. I haven't heard one program. I haven't heard one priest that's a host of a show or that is a guest on one of those shows that's talking about how they are specifically dealing with this issue. So I thought it'd be good to bring him on. He's from the Archdiocese of Washington. That's Father Conrad. He's going to join us about halfway through the show. Then we'll follow up the quick Q&A with Dr. A, but the whole time you're going to hear a lot of banter between me and Ed Billick and me and Chris Pressler. Thank you guys both for joining us. Ed, welcome to the show, buddy. You know what's here, John, is uh, we're uh, practicing a little social distancing here, Yep. Uh, staying in place here at the house. Uh, yep. I'm looking at John, folks, through the, the power of Skype. That's right. Got his sunglasses on. It must be pretty bright and sunny in there because Chris is with him. It's my uh, bright personality. That's right. That had to be it. And then I don't know about all those fans in the studio. Hopefully they're six feet apart. I heard them all cheering at the start of the show. And and tell tell the folks what you told me about the pirates. Oh yeah, it's funny. You know, if, if the season does uh, start up sometime this summer, and who knows, folks, you know how this is going to happen. But you know, I think when Major League Baseball, and I'm making this up. This is a rumor. You're going to have to have people sit like two empty seats between each each fan in the stands. <laughs> they said for the Pirates, that's not going to be a problem. They'll still have they could go three seats. Between <laughs> <people> just... <laughs> I John, think... welcome to the show. This is great. I like doing this. Oh yeah, no, I appreciate this, buddy. It's really good to have you have you here, folks. You're listening to Faith and Sport. I'm Dr. John Aquaviva. You're listening to Carolina Catholic Radio. We are live every single Monday for between 2 and 3, and this is Faith and Sport, where we apply our Catholic faith to all aspects of sports. So whether you are a fan, an athlete, a referee, administrator, or even a parent, in fact, especially a parent, we try to address sport and through the lens of the Catholic Church. So welcome to the show. Everybody is welcome here. Thank you for joining us on this day. Um, Ed, before we get into our hit or miss, a couple weeks ago, you sent me a list of marquees outside of various congregations. You know, everybody has that marquee, and and I think the Protestants are, quote, better at it than the Catholics. And if you see a marquee for a Catholic church, it'll usually give a Bible verse, and then when the masses and confession are, right? right. So these are the ones <laughs> These are the ones you sent me. In fact, it's been so many weeks, you probably forgot. So I will remind you of uh, some of those marquees that were sent. This is the first one. The fact that there's a highway to hell and only a stairway to heaven says a lot about anticipated traffic numbers. <laughs> <laughs> a little tougher to get up those stairs, but the, the highway to hell could be roaring at you. <laughs> this is from uh, a Lutheran church. God didn't create anything without a purpose, but mosquitoes come close. <laughs> All right, this is from First Covenant Church. It doesn't give a congregation. It says, don't give up. Moses was once a basket case. <laughs> 
Oh, it's pretty good. Lovely. All right, this is from an Anglican church. Adam and Eve, the first people to not read the Apple terms and conditions. <laughs> That's classic. That is great. Like, who thinks of these? This is a Baptist church. What happens in Vegas is forgiven here. <laughs> that'd be a perfect for... No, seriously, that'd be perfect. I can for, hear Chris laughing in the background. I know. He thinks these are great. He's got good sense of yeah. humor. This is from a Lutheran church. Jesus is coming. Look busy. <laughs> These are great. We are so entertained by our... People are listening right now going, it's not that funny. Uh, this is from a Methodist church. Come and hear our pastor. He's not very good, but he's but he's quick. <laughs> Here's St. Catherine of Siena. Noah was a brave man to sail in a wooden boat with, with two termites. <laughs> if he had two of everything, that Noah was... like a Catholic church there. That's right. That is St. Catherine of Siena. Here's a, uh, a just it just says a Christian church. Jesus is cup coming, hopefully before the election. <laughs> I know that's so funny. It doesn't matter whether your guy's going to win or not. You're like, oh, I don't want to be put through that again. Like this, this is paid for by the you know the the campaign of uh, Ed Billick and company. Saint <laughs> Joseph the Worker. We are still open between Christmas and Easter. That's good. That's really good. Uh, Holy Trinity Catholic Church. Where is this? Uh, it doesn't say. Len is coming. Get your ash in church. <laughs> that's a little. Uh, I know that's a little. That's a little edgy <laughs> for the show, isn't it? But I said ash, folks. I, we didn't have to edit anything out like last week, right, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything more about that. This is a, a reformed church. Keep using my name in vain. I'll make rush hour longer. God. <laughs> All right, um, First Presbyterian Church, don't criticize your wife's judgment. See whom she married. <laughs> I know. That's Very a good, good one, Ed. Very yes. good. Ed, you are so awesome for sending us these. Yeah. Uh, Cape Coral Community Church. This sounds very much like Florida. It just looks like Florida with the palm trees. Now is a good time to visit our pastor. No, now is a good time to visit. Our pastor's on vacation. <laughs> but I'm going to end with one that wasn't on this list, Ed. This is the one I saw the other day. Referring to the current situation, I had not planned on giving up this much for Lent. <laughs> and we all have. We all have. Are, are those great or what? Like, who are the people that think of that? They should be like writers for some comedic show or something. So let me ask you, buddy, before we get into our hit or miss, we're talking with Ed Billick. we got Chris Pressler, our... Producer in studio, you're listening to Faith and Sport here on Carolina Catholic Radio. I'm Dr. John Aquaviva, the host. Ed, last time you were here was about a month ago. You joined us the first Monday of every month. But a lot has changed. You were in studio with us now. We have some social distance here. But what about this? I know this is a really open-ended question, but what about this current situation? Are you most surprised at? Are you most disappointed in? Like, What has struck you the strongest or the most here, say, just in the last couple of weeks? You know, the, you, you think about the, 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 in my age, the experiences I went through as a child, the Kennedy assassination. Yeah. How old were you, by the way, when that happened? Ten years old. Got it. And then, of course, you had uh, the rest of the Vietnam War, um, 9-11, which was a scary, scary day for a lot of us. Yeah. financial crisis in 08, that was like, what's going on here? It affected some, it didn't affect all. But it, like, like a lot of people in talking, this affects everybody now and later and how much later you know will there be a second wave of this that's all the health concerns you know a lot of people wearing masks now the world's cleaner than it's ever been in the united states everything's being scrubbed down whether it's churches or sports which we're faith and sport here and talk a lot about that but small businesses big businesses airlines um it just goes on and on golf caddies people that make their living off of Serving others. Right. We were even talking about the church and Sunday collections. If you're not on direct deposit, you you deserve your parish a favor to do direct deposit to your checking account. Because you know, Jackie and I still throw the you know the check in the basket. Well, the basket yeah. hasn't gone around for what four weeks now. That's right. So you think about all the. And I can't wait to hear uh, Father Murphy because what are priests doing? Are they visiting the sick? They're not yeah. baptizing. Yeah. Yeah, they're preaching via, you know, YouTube and Zoom and some other things. That's right. So it, it impacts everybody. I was, I was saying the Hollywood stars, you don't hear much about them. Well, what's their future look like? Who's going to come listen to their music or watch their movies when you're not making, you know? So 
we're so much into the middle, but we can't see it. But as a historian, like I, I love yeah. to look back on things. Yep. Th- there'll be surprises to all aspects of the society. And you know, it's so funny. This thing really kicked off Ash Wednesday, and hopefully, this Easter Sunday, we'll see a breath of fresh air on this whole thing. Yeah, you make a good point, brother. And this is a good way to have our listeners. Not that they're not that they're not clued in. In fact, our, our listeners are probably as well read and as educated as a listening audience gets. But it's just always a good reminder. What you're saying is this impacts everybody. But you know, I, I want to put some good twists on this. In fact, one of the questions I'm going to ask Father Murphy is, what positives have come out of this? And it'll be really interesting to see somebody who's ordained and somebody who who gets energy from serving his people. It'll be interesting to see what the positives have, you know, that he sees that have come out of this. But tell the story that you told me off air just before we went on about your former employer, Frito Lay. Well, you know, whether it be Frito Lay or anyone in the grocery business, um, everyone still has to eat. Okay, so yeah. and the people that buy food directly, most people are eating at home. So the demand has gone up. You think about all the food that's consumed in restaurants. Yep. For the most part, that's not happening. Takeouts few and far between. So those grocery store workers, uh, the workers in the manufacturing plants are producing food. A lot of them are getting a nice little pay raise during this time. Yep. Because they're they're coming to work, and yep. especially grocery people who are interfacing with the public every day. Um, yeah, let's not forget about the healthcare workers, which is the most risky of That's all right. of that. That's right. But special truck drivers, special uh, parts of our population, yeah, of our parishioners, they're going above and beyond to get others through this thing. So, you know, it's the world's not coming to an end. But uh, when we talk to hit and miss, uh, there, there's some really neat things coming out uh, during this time. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, in fact, Ed, we'll uh, get to that hit and miss in a minute. You folks, you're listening to Faith and Sport, where we merge sport and virtue. On the line with us right now is Ed Billick. And you can listen to an encore presentation. That's right. Yeah, That's show. right. That's right. In fact, uh, in fact, the time, our our president and chairman, David Papandrea, he has blessed us with, because we're one of the few hourly local shows, like there's a lot of local shows, but they are snippets, right? They're five-minute segments, ten-minute segments, whatever the case. We're one of the few hour, in fact, I think the only hour program. So he's blessed us with and granted us, I think, not only do we, are we live now, but we are rebroadcast tonight and then one time at different times every day of the week. So That's Tuesday, right. Wednesday. Yeah. So, in fact, it got so many that I asked Chris to not mention them because people get dizzy from all the times and the days. But go to our website, carolinacatholicradio.org, and you can see the calendar of EWTN programming, and you'll see us. It's kind of boxed out in, like, blue or something, so you can see the local programs. That's right. So uh, well, I was driving back uh, last week uh, from uh, Pennsylvania. I listened yeah. to you guys uh, Bluetooth right in through the car on the app. Yep. Clear as day. It Love was it. An excellent show. Awesome. I'm usually hopping around from sports to music. I, I, I hung with you guys the whole time. Good content, John. Yeah, I appreciate that, buddy. Thank you for listening, too. So before we get to our hit and miss, I wanted to share with the uh, listening audience what Alicia and I did with our family on Saturday. Father Benjamin Roberts, he is the pastor at uh, Our Lady of Lords in Monroe, right? And he sent out to all their parishioners and us, who we aren't parishioners there, but we're friends with him and uh, Alicia, that she is, that's where she goes to, for her, her monthly confession to Father Roberts. And Father Benjamin sent out via Facebook and he said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do every Saturday between three and four, I'm going to be out near the grotto. So it's an open ground. It's this nice little, there's a path leading up to the grotto and there's the Jesus and the Blessed Virgin and it's kind of carved out and it's a really neat kind of like uh, just a little getaway right off side Franklin Street there, right right across the street from the actual chapel, the church. And Father um, Benjamin said, I'm going to be hearing confessions between 3 and 4, and the deacon's going to be there handing out communion. This is a couple weeks ago, right? So we have four kids. Claire is 9, Luke is 8, Abigail is 7, and little Gracie is 4. And Luke and Claire are old enough and have, have you know, they've been... Um, uh, they've given their first confession. So this was like their third and fourth times, respectively, something like that, to go to confession. So we went up there at around 3 o'clock on Saturday, and all, there was a bunch of benches there that kind of surround the grotto, and they're about you know, 30, 40, 50 feet. But in the corner underneath this tree is Father Benjamin, right, Ed? And he has got this huge mask on. 
right? Like this huge surgical mask going just below his eyes all the way to like his chin. And of course, the uh, wraps go around his ears. And of course, why wouldn't he, right? The, the mandate from the government or the suggestion is wear a mask. And I walked up to him and I, just before we started, uh, you know, confession there, he said, uh, believe it or not, this mask is not for the, the coronavirus. And I go, then why are you wearing it? He goes, my allergies are killing me. <laughs> That's a true story. And I just laughed. I said, you're serious? He goes, John, I've been out here for 10 hours over the past couple of weeks, and my allergies, they can't keep up with all these allergens, right? Have you seen your car, right, Ed? I mean, oh, yeah. everybody's seen their car. I washed my car for the first time in a two-week period in probably two years. I'm not kidding. I washed it a couple weeks ago, and over the weekend, I was so bored, and there was so much pollen. I was like, I have to wash it. But that's what he said. I mean, how many priests? Because he was so far away from everybody, he wasn't going to catch anything, right? And he goes, this is not for the coronavirus. This is for allergies. So there you go. Good turnout, John. There was a lot of people there, brother. And I asked him, I said, can we get uh, communion? And he said, no, we can't do that anymore. He goes, the first week we did it, over 200 people showed up, and that's just too many people. It's just the the chances for spreading it would just go too high. So he stopped doing uh, communion. So, yeah, we're a little bummed out about that. So we're like anybody else. We're going on, what, about a month without any Holy Eucharist, right, buddy? Exactly. you got to do the spiritual communion. So one more thing about the mask, uh, and then we'll move on to our hit and miss. Um There is a farmer not too far from our house, Ed, and every holiday, I'm not exaggerating this, every holiday, he will take these round hay bales and he'll create like a character, right? And he'll put like little pieces of cardboard on to kind of create like to finish out the character. And at Christmas time, of course, he makes Santa Claus. At Easter, out of these bales of hay, it's really clever, right? But they're huge. They're like 30, 40 feet high. You could see it from blocks away, right? He does He does the Easter bunny, right? At Christmas time, or at Easter time, he does like, uh, you know, uh, I mean, uh, at Halloween time, he'll do like a scarecrow or something like that. Anyway, <laughs> the the Easter bunny the other day, now remember, this is 30 feet high. He had a, he had a surgical mask on the Easter bunny. <laughs> That's true. That's absolutely true. All right, well, listen, buddy, let's uh, move on. Folks, you're listening to Faith and Sport here on Carolina Catholic Radio, where we merge sport and virtue. I'm Dr. John Aquaviva. Chris Pressler's in studio here as the producer, and we got uh, Ed Billick on the phone. And, Ed, let's talk about our hit and miss of the week, and what's your hit or miss? A lot of people, you know, we're doing it here with social distancing, but I can see you on Skype. Yep. Of course, the app Zoom, which a lot of businesses use, Our Crescio group, our Saturday Crescio group, used Zoom on Saturday to meet. Awesome. The Bible study that the weekly readings, uh, give a shout-out to Ron Groover. We did that. He emailed us the the readings for the week. We had a great discussion. And and then you start thinking about all the kind of ability to, from home, to connect. And that's a huge tip for me. And then on the sports side. I mean, yeah, I'm not watching, you know, it'd be the Masters this week or the March Madness, you know, last week or the week before or Major League Baseball. I'm watching old vintage sports. Yeah. Old games. Yeah. You know? So it's allowing for time. So this whole thing, my head, is, it gives you time for other things. It also gives you time for more for more time with your family. There's no question about that. This, this can't be overstated, actually. You know, I think a lot of people, I remember on, uh, we were watching NBC um, Today Show the other day, and this woman was, you know, the camera was on her, she was doing it like via Skype or something, and she was, she was praying to God, and she had her eyes closed and her head down, and she's like, Dear Lord, I love you. I, 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 you have made me a creature of prayer and wanting to be closer to you. She said, but you know one thing, Lord. She said, I'm not a homeschooling mom. <laughs> she goes, that has been made evident. And, and of course, a lot of people have discovered that, that their patience has been tried. The, 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 there's a constant, um, you know, need for mom and dad. And, and I think a lot of people have struggled with this. But I was mentioning to my wife just yesterday, we are going to look back on this. And and there's no there's no question that there's some positive aspects that have come out of this. And one of them is there's no hustle and bustle. You know, Ed, we have four kids I mentioned, and three of them are seven, eight, and nine. And each of them this spring were on a softball or a baseball team. And of the days of the week, you guys, there was only 
one there was only two days i should say that there was not a commitment to a game or practice and sometimes on saturdays all three of them were involved i was sometimes i was up at that field just before this virus thing hit i was up at the field between like say 10 o'clock and three o'clock just watching and you know moving one kid from one field to the other and thankfully they're all in the same set of fields but none of that brother and that's one of the things i appreciate i just appreciate waking up and okay we're going to do some schooling i'm going to do some work but there's not this uh, craziness of the everyday life and i think people they think they miss that but ultimately i think when they get back to it i think they're going to miss the lessons, these times lessons learned in years from now this this taught us to slow down a little bit that's right a lot so mine is exactly what you said you your comment bleeds right into what uh what my hit is for this week last week i was jogging and i was doing my little run and i have all these different like any jogger you have these different paths and you have these different areas that you go to but one about once a week i jog by this softball field that is right beside matthews elementary and it was the neatest sight there was mom and dad were out there and they had three daughters and the daughters were stepping stones they're probably like six eight and ten or something like that and they were having a mini game. And the dad or mom was the pitcher. The other two gals were out with the other parent in the field, and one person was hitting. And every time they hit, they would run around the bases and go as far as they could. And they would just go back and hit like five times. And I saw this, and I thought, this is purely – I could be wrong here, Ed. But I thought this was purely a coronavirus thing. In other words – would I have seen them out there? Would they have done this without the coronavirus? They genuinely look like they're enjoying it. They generally look like they're, like they're enjoying each other. And, of course, that's exactly what God intended. Family time. Yeah. Family time. It, I thought it was awesome. It was a great sight. And, and um, you know, I'm not overly emotional, but I just thought, you know, I, I wanted to almost stop and congratulate them, but they probably would have looked at me like, you're weird, right? You're, what are you doing? <laughs> But I thought that was a really neat sight, and I, it was really neat to um, to experience that, and then just to share it with you folks because it, it's not only something I witnessed, but a point of encouragement. And that's one thing that we've done. We've I, we've played with our kids more games and more sports in this last month than we probably had combined in the last six. And we play with our kids a lot. I'm sure the I'm sure you listeners here on Carolina Catholic Radio could call in. Would come to call in with stories just like John shared. That's right. I'm sure there's many, many examples. Switch gears just a little bit. There's this uh, comedian, and he does these series called Pittsburgh Dad. And, you know, and he's doing homeschooling, Pittsburgh Dad. And uh, yep. so I just was watching it this morning, and he was teaching all his kids all the famous dates in Pittsburgh sports history. There you go. Wisdom, and they had, to, they had to do a true-false macular reception. Yeah, very good. I appreciate that, buddy. Folks, you're listening to Faith and Sport. I'm Dr. John Aquaviva. We're being joined by Ed Billick from his home. He's doing the true social distancing thing. Chris and I are practicing social distance as well. Chris, I would say that you and I are about seven feet apart, right? So we have yeah. we're one we're we're social distancing plus one. We're one. Well, you got that bulletproof glass. Because that's, that's right. <laughs> that's right, folks. Faith and Sport, where we merge sport and virtue. So let's do this, Chris. Um, we just did our hit and miss with uh, Ed Billick. Let's switch on to the weekend headlines and talk about what's going on in the world of sport. Okay. Here we go. Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sport, the thrill of victory, and the agony of defeat. The human drama of athletic competition. It's time now for Weekend Headlines with Dr. John Aguaviva on Faith and Sport. You know, it's interesting because a, a friend of the show, a guest, of, former guest of the show and seminarian, Charlie Wilkinson, who joined us uh, late summer, something like that, um, a few months ago, he, I, him and I were talking the other day, Ed, and he said, what on earth are you guys talking about on that show? There haven't been sports for weeks, but stuff just keeps popping up. Here's what's going on in uh, weekend headlines. The NCAA granted all spring sport athletes another year of eligibility. I'm going to give... Uh, a little more commentary on that during the quick Q&A of 
with Dr. A, but that, that was a big deal for anybody who's a senior, especially wants to return for their senior year. Uh, they're going to have that opportunity to do that. Uh, National uh, NCAA basketball, the final game was scheduled to be tonight. And, and uh, talk about mm-hmm. schedule, Ed and I were talking about this off air. Thursday, the Masters was supposed to start. Now, Ed, is it possible they'll do the Masters in the fall? I don't think so. Yeah, so it, they'll, they'll probably just cancel and then... conflicts with other tournaments and yeah. the values won't be coming out. That's right, that's right. And that's part of their, that's part of their tradition, right? It's a certain time of year. Uh, the NBA uh, Hall of Fame, nine people were inducted over the weekend. The three big names were Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, and Tim Duncan. And Ed, you mentioned, why is this somewhat coincidental? Well, yeah, it's funny, too. Because to, my, to my hit, I watched the uh, Spurs and Nets. Yeah. David Robinson was on that team. Yep. It's just so funny when David Robinson went into the Hall of Fame, he went in with Michael Jordan. Yeah. So Tim goes in with Kobe Bryant. Bryant, that's right. Does that mean, you know, whoever's going in, they all get equal airtime, equal right. presence. Nah, but you made a good comment when, when Pope St. John. Yeah. Oh, guy got right. canonized. He went in with others. Too. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he wasn't just by himself. Yeah, I thought that was interesting is that a good friend and teammate of Tim Duncan. Uh, David Robinson uh, went in the same year as Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, who was considered like uh, Michael Jordan Jr. And that's not necessarily fair to Kobe Bryant because he was such a great player in and of itself, or it, you know, uh, independently. It's appropriate. It's appropriate. Yeah. So congratulations to those three and the other six that were inducted in Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, Major League Baseball, uh, a serious note, and then a really light note. Chris Sale, the great left-handed pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, somehow I think he injured himself before the games st- stopped. He needs Tommy John surgery, so he's going to be out for a year. Uh, the Boston Red Sox chance of winning without a guy like that are very slim at this point. But on a positive note and a lighter note, the groundskeepers for almost every major league club, especially or for the ones that have grass, I should say, are reporting greener grass than they've ever seen, Ed. <laughs> and <there's, laughs> this is true, right? First of all, there's nobody on there. It was a light winter, and there's been a good combination of rain and sun. And what was the other reason you mentioned off air? Well, you take a look at the sky. The skies don't have much pollution. There's no right. jet traffic. No That's cars. Right. The air is cleaner. That's right. And so the grass is just growing. And in fact, they're probably like, you know what? I hope the groundskeepers are probably thinking, you know what? It wouldn't be. It wouldn't ruin my day if they never played again. Because look at this field. How nice <laughs> well, this the, looks. The, the basketball courts are cleaner. Not <laughs> yeah. dirty. That's right. That's right. Those are guys are keeping clean too. Uh, in the NFL. Um, pro day cancellations are forcing scouts to go old school. So, right, the draft is, I think the draft is coming up in the next 10 days, right? April 23rd. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be later on this month. I was a little off on the date there. And one of the things they do, of course, they have these pro days and they have these combines where they can see the athletes up close and they do these uh, a bunch of tests on them. And so they're going old school. And when I say old school, not really old, old, but they're doing a couple things. One, athletes are sending in their workout videos and they're asking and they're showing them how they do certain agility runs and agility tests and so forth. And the other thing is coaches are simply watching game film from when they were in college. And that's what they used to do just 20 years ago before, right, these uh, pro days and so forth. So the NFL is still moving along there. And I'll be kind of surprised and maybe even a little disappointed if they don't go through the NFL draft. There's a way to do social distancing with Zoom, with Skype, with all these different forms of technology. There's no reason to sidestep. Do you agree with that, Ed? There's no reason to sidestep. Do you see any reason why they shouldn't have the draft? Not at all. Yeah. So we'll see. And Ed, on a really uh, sad note, Wimbledon, the great tennis tournament, is canceled for the first time since World War II. That's an amazing stat in itself, right? It's usually held uh, at the end of June, and the finals usually held right around July Fourth. Yep. yep, and it, it, I, it's always it's always synchronized with the Fourth of July to me. I remember when I was in college, going to my parents' house for a barbecue, and as we we're walking out the door, Ed, I was watching. And this is really going to age me, but I was watching at Wimbledon the final: Jimmy Connors versus John McEnroe. I'll never forget that. And that, I mean, it, that's just one of those vivid memories. I was walking out the door, and my brother was like, come on, we got to go to Mom's for the barbecue. And I was like, oh, man, this is such a great match. And it was Wimbledon, and it was mid-1980s, and Jimmy Connors and John McEnroe. And people are listening right now going, dude, you are old. That was a long time ago. <laughs> well, i tell you what, John. Let's just one final question here for you. I know it's not the Q&A, but what will be the first sport to reappear? 
Oh, that's a good question, Ed. I, I wish you would have said that off air so I could have time to think about it. Well, you don't have to answer it now. We can talk about but, it later. But, but you know what it will be? It, it will be just because of the calendar. It'll be baseball. Because, like, for instance, you know, I asked Rob Egan, the general manager of the Knights, our guest from last week, and I said, uh, my, my guess is August 1st. And he said, I'm more, I'm an optimist, John. We're shooting for June 1st. And he says, I think it's quite possible we'll come back June 1st. So, Ed, stay right where you are, buddy. We're going to go for a break. And uh, to Ed's encouragement, folks, if there's something like, what is your hit? What is something that has come out of this, especially regarding the world of sport, that you can share with us? So do one of a couple things. Tweet me at j.aquaviva1. That's the number one. j.aquaviva. That's my Twitter account. Or you can email me at faithandsport at wingate.edu. And faith and sport is faith, A-N-D, and faith and sport at wingate.edu. I want to hear about your hit in particular. I'd love to hear about a hit that's involved in the world of sport. Like, how has this changed you for the better regarding the world of sport? Folks, stay with us. Right after the break, we have Father Conrad Murphy. In fact, one of the things I'm going to ask him about, he's our marathon running priest, guest that appeared on the show for the first time a couple months ago he's a podcaster but i'm going to ask him in particular what are the what are some of the curveballs that have thrown at him because of this uh pandemic and in particular i'm going to ask him about what are some of the advantages what are some of the good things that have come out of this thank you for joining faith and sport here on carolina catholic radio where we merge sport and virtue chris let's go to a break and we come back from the break We'll, uh, we'll have Father Conrad Murphy on the line. Okay, and you are listening to Faith and Sport here on 1270 AM, Carolina Catholic Radio, Charlotte. We're also streaming live at carolinacatholicradio.org and on the Carolina Catholic Radio app. And we've got more Faith and Sport live coming up after the break. And just a reminder, if you miss any of Faith and Sport, you can catch up on your Faith and Sport by tuning in at any one of the Encore presentation times throughout the week on Carolina Catholic Radio. Just go to our website, carolinacatholicradio.org, or check us out on the Carolina Catholic Radio Network app. And you can look up the program guide on there and see all of our encore presentation times all throughout the week to hear Faith and Sport. We've got more Faith and Sport live coming up right after this break, so stay tuned and don't go away. Check out the new Carolina Catholic Radio mobile app with prayers, learning, news, and more. Be sure to download it today. Do you wish to have a closer union with our Lord Jesus Christ? Would you like to learn how to be the hands and feet of Christ? Would you enjoy living the famous prayer attributed to St. Francis that begins with, Lord, make me a channel of your peace, and truly learn what it means? St. Francis also had a famous expression that, when all else fails, use words. If these words touch your heart, then you may be interested in inquiring to become a Third Order Franciscan. The St. Maximilian Kolbe Fraternity of Third Order Franciscans meets at St. Thomas Aquinas on the first Saturday morning of each month at 11 a.m. after the 10 a.m. Mass. At our gathering, we pray together, we study together, we eat together, and we encourage one another. Together we learn more deeply the meaning of love. If you would like more information on becoming a Third Order Franciscan, please call Tom O'Loughlin at 704-604-7739. That's 704-604-7739. We'll pray that you take the next step and come join us and be a part of our next gathering. Remember the words... Us is the last two letters of Jesus. Thank you. Teachers that care, professors that care about you. Just an awesome experience all around. There's peace here. There's um, encouragement here. Faculty, everybody that works here, they really set you up for success. I don't think I have ever felt as loved and as supported and as encouraged as I have at the Abbey. There's something here that's underlying and intrinsic. There's like a spirit of love and community. And I think the spirit is God's presence here. Belmont Abbey College, a world away but close to home. Visit us at belmontabbeycollege.edu.
The Carolina Catholic Radio flagship campaign is being extended through Easter Sunday. We are currently approaching $17,000 in pledges and can see the light at the end of the tunnel to our goal of $25,000. This money will be used to cover upfront expenses to purchase our flagship station, AM 1270 Catholic Radio Charlotte. Please make your tax-deductible gift on the Donate tab of our website, carolinacatholicradio.org, or on our Carolina Catholic Radio mobile app. Catch the spirit. Please give what you can to ensure the future of local Catholic radio across the Charlotte Diocese and upstate South Carolina. Thank you, and God bless you. And we are back here with more Faith in Sport Live on Carolina Catholic Radio, 1270 AM Charlotte. We're also streaming live at carolinacatholicradio.org and on the Carolina Catholic Radio app. And, of course, your host for today's show, Dr. John Aquaviva. Hey, folks, welcome back to the show, Faith in Sport. We apply our Catholic faith to all aspects of sports. So whether you're a parent, an athlete, whether you're administrator, referee, coach, the show's for you. We weave character, morality, and ethics right into our conversation on a regular basis. Let's That's right. Our- I'm, I'm glad all those fans here, they've got their masks they on. Ch- <laughs> they do have their masks on. In fact, I'm going to share that story with our, our <laughs> next guest here, Father Conrad, about uh, confession the other day. Let's bring him on right now. He is Father Conrad. He is from the Archdiocese of Washington. You're going to have to check him out on his podcast. We're going to talk about this toward the end of his uh, appearance here. It's called Catholic Bites. Let's bring him on right now, Father Conrad Murphy. Welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, John. This is great. Now, Father, uh, you're going to appreciate this. Uh, the other day, Alicia and I and the family went down to our parish in Monroe, which is not too far from here. And uh, Father Benjamin is near the grotto, so it's outside confession, right? He's kind of keeping the social distance thing going on, and there's a bunch of benches in front of this grotto, and these benches are good 10, 20 feet apart, so everybody's sitting on the benches, and everybody's just kind of being generous, like, okay, you can go next, you can go next. And Father is in the corner next to this, remember this is outside, right? And he is underneath this tree, and he's got this huge mask on, right? And it's barely it's fairly above his eyes or below his eyes and then it goes and it covers like a half of his chin and i walk up to him and before i start confession i said uh nice mask and he says you know what this isn't for the uh pandemic at all he says my allergies are so bad i have to wear this mask (laughs) (laughs) he was dead serious though he didn't even laugh he goes i'm dead serious he goes i've been outside so long He says these allergies are killing me so father conrad let's get right into it you know i mentioned this to you off air uh, Father, and I said, you know, I, listening to Carolina Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio and so forth, I've heard a lot of priests' voice. I heard a lot of them call in. A lot of them host these shows on EWTN and other Catholic radio stations. And I have heard none of them speak kind of like formally or officially on how are dealing with this current situation. For you, a priest who says Mass, who, who administers the sacraments, what's been particularly tough for you? I think it's the same thing that's been been tough for for everyone. I've I've gotten so many emails or text messages, stuff like that, from people just desperate to have some uh, connection with the sacraments, and and just we aren't able to. I know, I'm sure it's the same uh, with you guys down there, but the the closing of of public masses, especially during this time of year, it's Holy Week, you know, the most important time of the year, it just is so heartbreaking, and... um, and so that's, I mean, the hardest part for me is just, there's, there's, we, we've continued, you know, the, the little ministry that I can do, I, I can continue online and, you know, video conferencing and things like that, but yeah. it is just not the same. No. And um, especially uh, not celebrating Mass uh, with a, a congregation yep. is very difficult. Now, now, with my position over the last couple of years, I've had to celebrate a lot of private Masses. Sure. Um, so I'm kind of used to it. I had one pastor call me a couple of days ago. He said, this is the first time in 34 years that I've celebrated Sunday Mass uh, without a congregation. And I said, well, hey, welcome welcome to the club. I've That's been right. doing it for three years now. But um, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard. There's something almost wrong about it in the yeah. sense that, like, we're meant to pray the Mass together. Right. We're meant to, to have this um, uh, experience with Jesus Christ together. And it's right. just killer yeah. to have to not... You know, it's so heartbreaking to not 
being able to, to give that to the faithful. Folks, we're speaking here on Faith and Sport with Father Conrad Murphy from the Archdiocese of Washington. Father, is this is it correct to say that canon law states that a priest should say Mass daily? Uh, no, actually. Canon law... Uh, so I, I'm not an expert in canon law, so I'll yeah. put it that way, but um, yes. uh, priests do not have an obligation to say Mass daily. We get to say Mass daily, Got it. but we're not required to. The Got only it. thing that we're required to do daily is to pray the Liturgy of the Hours. Now, I mean, it'd be crazy not to say Mass. You know, you, you want to spend time with the, the with our Lord, you know, yeah. in a very intimate way. And so I do say Mass daily, and most priests I know do, but it's not a requirement for us. But, you know, the, the, thing, the thing that I think is helpful for us to understand during this time is, you know, sometimes our view of Mass is just a little bit off. Like, when you go to Mass, you go in order to get something, either, you know, right. to get uh, a good word in the homily, or, of course, to receive our Lord in, in the Blessed Sacrament. And we always joke that the, the time that people come most to Mass is when they get ashes or they get palms. But, right. like, there, there can be this understanding that, like, the priest gives me something, and I then take that and leave. And when right. in reality... Mass is not that. Mass is primarily all of us together, praying together, offering uh, ourselves to the Father. And the priest is there to kind of channel that prayer, to be the, you know, if, if we're using a, a sports analogy, to be like the pitcher on a, on a baseball team who kind of channels the, the, the defense of the entire, um, the entire organization together into kind of one thing. So, right. you know, like, uh, or, or, or better analogy would probably be a quarterback in a, on a football team. You know, the, right. the, we're all supposed to be there, you know, the, the priest says during the Mass, lift up your hearts. We're all there offering ourselves to the Lord, and then through that process, he gives us, he gives us himself. And so, for, for me, when I, you know, it's, it's hard to do it when there's not people there, because yeah. you don't have that tangible reminder that I am right. saying Mass on behalf of, you know, Susie over there, and Jim over there, and, and that family over there, and I'm, I'm offering my, you know, their sacrifice to the Father as well as mine. But that still continues. You know, priests, we, we're, we're very deliberately continuing to say private Masses yeah. and still offering up on behalf of uh, the people we're, we're privileged to serve their sacrifices and offerings to the Father. And that's no less efficacious just because they can't be there. Right. It's just harder for us to kind of enter into them um, um, in, in a real way. Absolutely. Uh, Father Conrad Murphy, it's been a challenge for sure, right? You've mentioned some of the challenges. I'm wondering, though, if they're out of this. There's been a particular advantage or unique positive experience that you've been a part of since this outbreak. I'd say, you know, John, I think the, the thing that has been most, um, just most uh, um, edifying to me during this is the expressions of love for Jesus and love for the sacraments that I've heard from people who can't be there, you yeah. know? There's there's that idea that the trite phrase absence makes the heart grow fonder, yeah. you know, or that like um, you don't really know how much you value something until you lose it, and right. and I think that's true for so many people. You know, we can very easily take Sunday mass for granted, and eat priests as well. You know, and and this has kind of shown us, oh my gosh, you know, there is something, there's a treasure here. And right. I don't get to have it, and because I don't get to have it, I realize just how incredible it was. And so I hope my prayer is that. When we come on the other side of this thing, that people then can say, "Okay, I got to, I got to get back to that treasure. I got to, I got to, you know, value it for what it's worth because it's such an incredible thing uh, that we get to partake in the, the saving sacrifice of our, our our Lord and God Jesus Christ. You know, there's nothing else like it." Uh, folks, we're talking to Father Conrad Murphy from the Archdiocese of Washington. You're listening to Faith and Sport here on Carolina Catholic Radio. Father Conrad, uh, going back, kind of circling back to our first question about how tough the situation is, you are, I don't know if the correct word or appropriate word is unique, but you you are involved in a lot of ministries, right? You're, you're the secretary to the Archbishop of the Diocese of Washington, right? Archdiocese of Washington. But also, you have a lot of ministries. Tell us about some of those, and, and in particular, this will make more sense to the listener and, and how kind of... Uh, you know, thirsty you are to get back to these ministries because I know that probably compared to the average priest, you're involved in a lot more stuff. Let's just list some of those things off that you do on a regular basis. List. I mean, it's. it's uh, I don't know. First and foremost, I'm a priest, and I, yeah, and I, I thank God for that. Um, and in that, you know, because I, I have a, a more unique position, I don't have a, a, a parish where I'm uh, assigned to regularly. 
I, I get to kind of help out all over the place. And yeah. In particular, I live in downtown Washington, D.C., so I get the opportunity to, um, to serve, uh, especially the young adult community uh, in downtown D.C. I help out a lot at my alma mater, uh, George Washington University, and their yep. Newman Center, which is just such a joy. Yeah. It's such an incredible, incredible place. And I've got all these kind of little side projects here and there. I've got a group of uh, young adults who, who asked for, like, a, a philosophy uh, course. And so we meet once a month and discuss Plato or Aristotle or something like that. And, um, and the, the other thing that uh, you mentioned at the beginning of the show is uh, I, I have a podcast called um, Catholic Bites. Yeah. And, uh, and in that, uh, it's, a bu- it's, it's a rather nerdy, uh, um, <laughs> a rather nerdy Catholic podcast where we kind of, uh, me and a couple guests will, uh, will kind of chat about uh, different aspects of the faith and and uh, kind of in a more nerdy way, but uh, which is just because that's what we are, and uh, uh, get to kind of share the good news in, in that medium as well. Sure. And then I get to help out in different parishes and things like that all over the diocese. One of the benefits of where I've been for the last couple of years is that you get to uh, to really get to know how the breadth of a, of a particular church and all the different people and, and, and cultures and, and experiences you know, that, uh, from all over the place. It's really a great joy. So, so tell me this, and this is this is a segue from what you just said. Okay, so you, a lot of these ministries, you're doing all those things, and, and thank you so much for doing that. And I know all those parishioners and those folks involved in your life, especially the ones that receive any type of sacrament from you or through you, um, are appreciative of that. But um, I, when I introduced you, and I mentioned you in the beginning of the show, even before the break, I mentioned that you are a marathoner priest, right? You've run a few marathons, you've done some long-distance training, and so forth. Is what impact has this had on your fitness level, and in particular your training? Is this is this giving you more time and you're better shape than you've ever been, or is this kind of drained you of some, you know, uh, physical and spiritual energy? And you're like, I don't want to get out there. Like, what are you doing to? Is, are you in better shape or worse shape since this b- began? I'm I'm in better shape. I think part of that's because of Lenten fasting, uh, <laughs> but um, also uh, <laughs> and uh, and I had a, a stomach bug a couple of months a couple of weeks ago, and that helped as well. <laughs> but uh, um, I, I, you know, it's one of those things where when you again when you're kind of cooped up inside, you want to make every, you want to get outside. That's so right. I've I've found that like I take every opportunity I can to, to either go for a walk in the evening or um or or get out and run. And so I've I've been running. Just as much as I as I have before, you know. Obviously, trying to uh, keep more of a distance, and I, I I frequent like this morning. I went for a run on a trail that I knew would have like very very few people on it, and um and so uh, it's I've had to be a little creative that way. But yeah. um, for the most part, yeah, it's um, I, and I've noticed too, like there are a lot more people out on the streets, especially oh, yeah. here in D.C., where oh, yeah. there's a lot of young people who who like to stay fit, but most of them do it through fitness classes that have all been canceled, and so That's they're right. all out running now. That's right. And so places that before I would be the only one on the trail, now I see tons of people out there. So um, I think there's there's something healing and that gives peace to just being out in nature, being out uh, away from everything, and, and you're able to kind of just contemplate things uh, a little bit more peacefully than yeah. you would if you're cooped up inside. And, and so running has definitely been a... Uh, a way to kind of manage um, the the craziness of the time we're in. That's awesome. Now, let me ask you, is there something in the fall that you're shooting for? Is there a half marathon or a marathon? Like, what's the next race that feasibly you could be a part of? Because if it was something like, say, in June or July, it might very well have been canceled or will will be canceled. Is there anything in the yeah. fall that you're shooting for? I, I don't have anything specific now. I'd love to... Uh, I, I just finished a marathon uh, in February before this all ended and or started, and um, uh, I don't have a, a race right now. I always like to be trained for something that yeah. gives you kind of that drive. That uh, okay, I got to get out there and put in the miles, and you just it it, it gives you a goal to to, to try and reach. Um, but right now, I mean, it's so up in the air. Who knows when when things are going to you know be back to normal? I had a, my my little sister, who's a faster marathoner than I am. Uh, she was supposed to run a race uh, this week, and um, it was uh, it was canceled. So um, it's uh, it's yeah, just kind of seeing where where we're at, uh, and hopefully um, I'm hoping to, to get. I'd love to do another another marathon uh, um, next uh, next winter or, or next uh, uh, fall. But yeah. it really is. It just depends on on where we're at in July, where we're at in June. You know, and and how much you can actually plan on anything right now. 
Absolutely. And uh, you, before we go, you, you mentioned, and I mentioned, that you have a podcast called Catholic Bites. If people want to listen to this, by the way, I appreciate that you called it nerdy because on two different shows, you had me as the guest. And when you say nerdy, <laughs> I, I sensed that I was elevated to some form of like an academic. So I appreciate that you calling it a nerdy podcast. So tell us, tell the folks how they can uh, get in touch with this podcast and listen to it on a regular basis. Yeah, that's right, uh, John. You were on, uh, and uh, I think you elevated us uh, out of our absolute abject nerdiness into something a little bit better. But uh, yeah, it's a it's it's a group of priest friends usually, or other kind of. Um, we've done we've done lots of different uh, different uh, guests on uh, just talking about the faith, particular aspects of the faith that uh, people are really excited about and interested in, and usually that leads to them kind of nerding out a little bit. The, the podcast is Catholic Bites. Bites yep. is spelled with a Y. Yep. And it's at catholicbitespodcast.com, or you can find us on, on Apple Podcasts uh, if you search for Catholic Bites, or even if you search for Catholic, it's one of the top something uh, uh, things that come up. And, and usually it comes out two or three times a week, and we have one series, which I do um, just by myself, which is the history of all the popes. So every week we have a different pope, and that comes out on Tuesdays. And then on Wednesdays we have... Um, just a random nerdy Catholic talk. So we just did two recently uh, uh, with um, uh, a campus minister talking about praying at home and praying in, in this kind of uh, challenging uh, uh, circumstances. And last week we had uh, Father Kirby, who's your pastor That's down right. here in um, South Carolina. He was That's on right. talking about the Beatitudes and finding true joy even in the midst of uh, all sorts of difficulties life can throw at us. So, um, uh, yeah, if anyone wants to check it out, hopefully... Uh, don't don't get uh, too um, uh, turned off by by, by the the nerdiness. Uh, it, it, it's a, a lot of fun. It's a, it's a great little outlet uh, for me too. Well, no, I thank you for doing that. And again, folks, that's Catholic. Um, the the address again is CatholicBitesPodcast dot com. Catholic Bites is a short, dynamic podcast delivering talks on various topics about the Catholic faith and people on the go. Father Conrad Murphy from the Archdiocese of Washington, thank you for your service to the Church, and I'm going to ask that our listeners pray for you and your continued mission in serving God's people. Thank you for joining us on the show as well, buddy. Thank you so much, Sean. I appreciate all the prayers. You got it. Take take care. Well, there you go. Our marathoning uh, somewhat frustrated Catholic priest, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he couldn't even hide that, right? He was mm-hmm. just like, wow, this is really, you know, and, but th- I thought that was neat. One of the things that he mentioned was he is, he's, he's, uh, um, energized by the fact that so many people are calling him and contacting him and, and emailing him and texting him going, we, we got to get together here. We got to, we got to have mass. We got to have the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. We got to, incorporate these uh, sacraments into our life again. And I thought that was neat because people are hungry for it. And, of course, mm-hmm. what the Chris, you and I both know this. The day that the president and these health officials go, get back out there, boy, people are going to just be out, out, and about. It's going to be crazy. All right, folks, listen, you've joined Faith in Sport. I'm Dr. John Aquaviva. We're joined in studio here by... Uh, producer Chris Pressler, and then joining us by phone is the periodic co-host uh, Ed Billick. He's going to come right back on with us. In fact, we're going to do the quick Q&A with Dr. A, but I want to thank you for joining us here on Carolina Catholic Radio, and one of the things that you, if you've listened to Carolina Catholic Radio, just even in for an hour or so, you probably know that we are on a uh, campaign to raise funds to uh, keep this radio station going. We are 100% listener supported so please folks go to our website carolinacatholicradio.org and consider making a donation today so uh ed let's see let's see we got a few more minutes left um buddy welcome back to the show and uh you got a couple questions for me don't you regarding the quick q a with dr a so shoot it at me yeah you saw something john and i didn't see this a christmas time world series yeah is this major league baseball's way of keeping in the forefront i mean that's 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 a little absurd, but we are an absurd time. <laughs> no, it, it, and it's true. I, I think uh, the the reason primarily Major League Baseball is mentioning uh, a Christmas time World Series is they want, like anything, like any sport, they want to keep the discussion in the forefront of people's minds, right? Baseball struggles as much as anybody, I think, especially of the major sports. And if them by them talking about this, it makes conversation. I can't imagine, though. I really can't imagine them going up against the NBA 
and in particular, I can't imagine them going against NFL playoffs and the bowl games. And the other thing, Ed, is which I really think will take away from the sport is they're talking about going to a neutral, warm site like say Puerto Rico or something. Wouldn't that be strange? Yeah, you yeah, don't see that. With me. Yeah, so you don't see that happening either. No. Um, yeah, but wouldn't it be nice to see Santa throw out the opening <laughs> pitch or maybe run the bases to open the game? You know, Ranger, here's, run the base back. here's the yeah. problem. We're, act, we're acting like it's against some type of uh, moral code or some moral law not to have 162 games. If we have 60 games to go to the that's fine. Who? What, what's it matter? You know what, Father Conrad Murphy said something that applies here. You don't know how much you miss something until, until yeah. it's gone. So right. I don't know if we'll miss baseball that much. No, I, I think it'll be fine. Like, let's say it comes back August 1st. Mm-hmm. Now, think about it. It usually ends by, you know, the 1st of October, right? right. We're talking October and September. That, even though that's a shortened season, that's literally a third of what they would normally play. But it's okay to have 60 games to see who goes to the playoffs. 60 games is a lot. Heck, in any other sport, literally in any other sport, even in college baseball, which they play a lot of games, they don't play 60 games, and they determine who's going to win the World Series Very there. Good point. Very good point. Second question, buddy. Yes, the NCAA, they do the right thing by extending the spring sports athletes to another year of eligibility. You alluded to us earlier in the show. Yeah. You were gonna you're gonna talk it now. Yeah. So I think they did do the right thing. Now keep in mind that this is for spring athletes only. In other words, the fall spring athletes like volleyball, which play part of their season in the fall semester and then the rest of their season in the spring. Swimming and diving does the same thing. Basketball does the same thing. So this is spring only sports like baseball, like lacrosse, like softball. They get another year grant of eligibility because they played about only a third of their game. Here's the thing. How many of these kids are actually going to come back for a fifth year? In other words, they're going to have to pay to come back. And at places like Wingate University, where it costs $40,000 a year, right? This is without Pell Grants and so forth. But I just don't think they're going to do it. It's just going to be too much money. In fact, I had an opportunity. I graduated in December. I had a chance to come back for my senior year, a fourth year of baseball. And my friends were like, John, come back for that fourth year. And I didn't do it just because of the cost. It was going to cost me like $3,500, right? It's too much. I know we only got a few more moments, but you think about, okay, you were talking about enrollments in colleges. How many people are in go? I mean, do you have a lot of money hanging around after this? No, are you going to go see an NBA game or an NFL game? Yeah. I mean, the, people's spending habits will change drastically for the next year, for no, sure, there's, easily, if not longer. No, you're right, buddy. There's no question about it, and I think that this is going to have a direct impact on that. The NCAA was right in doing that, giving them the option, but sure. I think it'll be interesting to even see a statistic. My guess is about one out of every 50 kids will come back. Now, remember, people are juniors. They're going to come back for their senior year naturally, but what they're talking about is people that are seniors, graduate in May, and they'll have to come back. And, of course, you've got to be in school. You've got to start a graduate program or something. All right, that's all we have time for today, folks. Is that all? We're done? I know. Can you believe that, buddy? This content of this show, and it's an encore. We can listen to it again, right? That's right. That's again right. and again and again. Uh, folks, a quote yeah, from so Pope Francis. Fans out there of faith and sport can have their fill of faith and sport, and people like John that like to just hear their voice can <laughs> hear his voice anytime <laughs> he wants to. <laughs> All right, that's enough out of you, Buster. Uh, as Pope Francis said, the beauty and joy found in sports, whether playing or watching, is something that benefits and unites everyone, regardless of religion, ethnic group, nationality, or disability. God bless you, Pope Francis, for acknowledging sport and how important it is in our culture. Before we go, Ed, I want to say special thank you, buddy, for joining us today. It makes Welcome. the show yeah, just flow along really well. Yeah, I just missed Ed bringing the chips when he's here in the studio. <laughs> Next time he comes, buddy. Next time he comes, I think yeah. he'll chip us out. They'll make more for us. They will. That's right. And they're paid well to do it, aren't they, buddy? Also, I want to thank Father Conrad Murphy from the Archdiocese of Washington for joining us. I'm Dr. John Aquaviva. For Ed Billa, for Chris Pressler, join us next time here on Carolina Catholic Radio for more Faith in Sport.
We want to thank you for tuning in to Faith and Sport today on Carolina Catholic Radio Charlotte, AM 1270. We're also streaming live at carolinacatholicradio.org and on the Carolina Catholic Radio app. Make sure you check out the program guide tab on the Carolina Catholic Radio website or on the app to check out all the Encore presentation times that you can catch an Encore presentation of this show throughout the week on Carolina Catholic Radio. And until next time, we'll meet you back here next Monday from 2 to 3 for more Faith and Sport Live on Carolina Catholic Radio, AM 1270. Hello, God's Beloved. I'm Annabelle Mosley, author, professor of theology, and host of Then Sings My Soul and Destination Sainthood on WCAT Radio. I invite you to listen in and find inspiration along this sacred journey we're traveling together to make our lives a masterpiece and, with God's grace, become saints. Join me, Annabelle Mosley, for Then Sings My Soul and Destination Sainthood on WCAT Radio. God bless you. Remember, you're never alone. God is always with you. We hope you enjoyed the program and will join us back for another show on WCAT Radio. This is Sebastian Mafud. Good day.